Hello, everyone. This is JJ. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Four Comic Chunkies podcast. A uh, real quick announcement before we get started with today's episode. You'll never believe it, because I can barely believe it. This is the 150th episode. I'm a little over the moon right now. This is so exciting. Um, the show, this is, you know, I've said this before, but this show has honestly changed my life in a really great way. I've met some amazing people. I've made new friends, um, one of whom you're going to hear on the episode. Um, you know, I was just some schmuck listening to his podcast, and then suddenly, you know, we're like, you know, sending each other memes and stuff. Pretty wild. Pretty wild stuff. Internet friends are the best. Um, but uh, but seriously, thank you for listening. Um, you know, I've been doing this for about th- almost three years. Um, going on, you know, 6,500 downloads. Thank you so much, guys. This, this, this means the world to me. This, this little podcast that could has been a labor of love and, and not even a labor, just it's all love. And so thank you for being, for being here, for listening. And thank you for, thank you for being a friend or whatever. That's that's banjo in the background. If you can hear him, yeah, he's gonna be a frequent guest on uh, Four Comic Junkies and Sp- and the Spider Man Book Club, cause uh, cause he's fun that way. How you doing, banjo? Just playing with a hot topic bag. All right, folks. Thanks again for listening. Uh, and without further ado, let's get into the episode. Hello and welcome to the Four Comic Junkies podcast. When the comics aren't enough and you need a little extra fix. I'm your host, J.J. Hodges. This podcast is a proud member of the Batman Podcast Network, hosted by Batman on Film. Go to batman-on-film.com for all the latest, greatest, coolest, hopefully not spoileriest about Ezra Miller's crazy behaviorist news about Batman over there. Anyway. You get it. Go there. Uh, I'm very excited about today's guest. We're doing another segment of uh, I'm 35 and so are they. Uh, Not just talking about my guest. I'm talking about the movie we're going to talk about. But first, let's introduce Zach Moore. Thank you so much for being here, Zach. Hey, JJ. Good to see you again. Yeah, sorry for the uh, longest intro ever there, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was I was just waiting. It'll get to me eventually. <laughs> I, just, I looked over and you know your wife came in with a positive pregnancy test, and a few minutes later she came in with the baby, and I was like, oh my god, I gotta finish this up. So, <laughs> um, so uh, very excited to talk um, uh, Superman Four with you, and I see behind you you got the Superman Four standee. Um, yes, I'm the biggest fan of this film of all time. No. <laughs> It is Zach's favorite movie of all time. That is that is 100% confirmed. Can I, uh, yeah, the reason I have this behind me, just for mm-hmm. the record, is so like uh, it was actually about a year ago. Uh, I was on a trip in New Hampshire uh, with my then girlfriend. Right before I proposed, it was the trip I proposed to run. So uh, my my now wife, right? So my, my I got the two best things in my life on that trip. I got my <laughs> girlfriend to say yes <laughs> to be engaged, and I found this Superman four. Like it's a cardboard like theater or home video stand up like you'd see like in a in a blockbuster video or something, mm-hmm. uh, and it was in the back of this antique shop. You know, it's like, yeah, hey, let's go walking around in town. We'll go to an antique shop. Like, yeah, right, right, sure, whatever. Yeah. So I'm walking around, and then I just found like this diamond in the rough over here, and it was uh, it's 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 about 
four feet tall and it's kind of 3D and it's you know Christopher Reeve Superman's on it. And what's so cool is like it has it's like for video, so it has like the the home video of like the first three Superman movies at the bottom. Oh yeah, uh, and it's like own oh, the complete collection. I'm like, oh, this is great. And uh, and I love Christopher Reeve Superman. Yeah. So of course I got it, and of course I was born the year that this came out, right? So, yep. and it was only fifty dollars. <laughs> and then it was and it was eighty dollars to ship home, but it was like that's a steal. Like I I don't think they know what they had. So anyway, I had to buy it, and now I have it proudly in my office. Wait, did you spend one hundred and thirty dollars on it or eighty dollars total? <laughs> well, one hundred thirty dollars. But again, <laughs> it was a steal. It was a steal. So I, I have no regrets. So. Uh, you know that's all that matters. And she and the fact that she still said yes to you despite all that is that was the next great. day. That happened the day after. So <laughs> that was like, really putting it to the test. So. You're like you're fucking stuck with me now. Sorry. <laughs> so yes, um, that, that that's the, that's why I have a Superman four um, poster or stand up or it's I don't even know what the, I call it a poster sometimes. I call it a stand up card to cover cut out, but it's more than a poster. It's an experience. Okay. So. It's 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 really great i love it i actually have uh my best friend used to work at best buy i don't know if i ever told you this um it's not in this room obviously but it was the the cutout that best buy had of the when smallville uh season 11 or season 11 uh season 7 was on dvd so it was part of their cutout that he gave to me and i was able to put in the corner of my bedroom for the longest time um and, you know, it just has Clark and Lara on it, uh, or Clark and Kara on it. Why did I say Lara? Um, I know. Laura Vandervert. <laughs> Laura Vandervert, that's what I was thinking. Um, you know, but, uh, and, you know, so the one side had those two on it, and the other side, even though it was promoting season seven, had the the justice image of them walking away from the fire. Oh, wow. Um, that's, some, that's some false advertising right there. I, I said the same thing, and I've noticed that stuff my whole life, like, just on a brief tangent here, when people or like you know you see those buzzfeed quizzes like which batman are you you know are you are you michael keaton and and it's like pick the quote that best describes you and it's like a michael keaton quote but the picture is from returns but the quote is from batman 89 i'm like no oh no, man that is, i i hate that that is if you go to any article about batman 89 there's a 50% chance it's going to be a picture from batman returns and it's like do 30 seconds of research <laughs> yeah. before you, it's so infuriating it's like i know it's such a small thing but it's like no these are different things i i tend i, I that's why i don't buy those uh, entertainment weekly like ultimate guide to blah 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 whatever I, I used to buy them when i was a kid and i stopped buying them because i would realize like i find errors in it something as simple as like you know ultimate guide to star wars it's like when phantom menace was released in 1998 i'm like nope that's wrong you know, unacceptable. Unacceptable. It's like, aren't you journalists? You get paid a lot more money than I do <laughs> to type up this crap, and I could do it better than you could. Well, uh, no, I, I get why Smallville will keep promoting the Justice League. You know, it's yeah. like how they always use the uh, the Lex quote, "I am the villain of the story." Like in every single potential trailer possible, I'm like you guys, that was from like three years ago. Yeah, and and it wasn't even quote unquote the real Lex, right? Yeah. You know, it was <laughs> so uh, out of context. Yeah, and but Rosenbaum says that people ask him to say it at cons and stuff. I'm like, I don't want Rosenbaum to say anything. I just want him just to be there. You know, <laughs> I just want to talk about him and what smallville meant to me as opposed to being like say a line from the show like he's a dancing puppet or something have you, have you seen galaxy quest yes yes yeah it's just like alan rickman it's like oh 
I grabbed Thor's hammer. What a savings. <laughs> it's like, you just like, they're stuck saying these things forever. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And, and I never, and I don't think I understood that joke until I started going to comic cons and feeling like, man, like, I think the first, not like first celebrity I ever met, but like a, a quote unquote celebrity I saw at a comic con was, uh, I remember her name, but the Orbitz girl, you know, the fabulous, right? Oh, okay. Yeah. So she, she was there and I was like, I just want her to do the line. And I looked at my sister and I was like, but I'm not going to go up there and ask her to do the line, like, and not like buy an autograph because I don't want her autograph. Like, you know, uh, I don't chew gum, first of all. <laughs> Secondly, like, I don't want her to feel like a dancing monkey or something, you know, but uh, all that to say, uh, we're back on Superman four. Yeah, what are we so, talking about? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, very infamously, this movie had a—I I, I wouldn't even call it a troubled production as much as it just—it was just a from what you you know what I gather, a series of just the you know everybody on board excited to make the movie, and then their budget was you know to say cut in half isn't right because it feels like it was cut and then cut, and then cut, and then cut. And, you know, they're all on contract, so they have to make the movie. And as far as you can tell, nobody has any fond memories of making this movie. Um, you know, and, like especially uh, John Cryer, who um, I remember he was on Rosenbaum's podcast, and he talked about it where he said he was so excited to be in a Superman movie. He loved Superman, and, you know, he was a big Christopher Reeve fan. And he got the script, and he was so excited. Oh, this is going to be great. This is going to do wonders for my career, blah, blah, blah. And then they heard about all the budget cuts, and he said that he felt like he disappointed his 14-year-old self that loved the first Superman. And that broke my heart. You know, like, that's that, – I, I could – I would probably feel the same way. I mean, you know, like 30 years later, he got his uh, <laughs> uh, his moment in the sun with uh, Yeah, his Supergirl. Lex Luthor, his redemption. Yeah. Right. Um, well, I, I read Christopher Reeves' biographies, and mm -hmm. and he talks about the Superman movies, and he has one line about Superman four, and I think it says something along the lines of, "The less said about Superman four, the better." <laughs> the only reference he has, which is sad because that's the one like he had the most like input on, like creatively, and right. he direct. There, there, there's it's funny. It's funny you can look online and find like these more behind the scenes stuff about these movies, and like this, he directed the whole sequence on the moon where superman fights nuclear man like he directed that sequence oh, okay and there's a whole like entertainment weekly about it and like he was like proud of it and it's like because he wanted to do like a story about something meaningful which yeah. in the cold war nuclear war and all that so it tapped into then modern times and uh and wow what a what a misfire and it's like i don't know i'm glad i'm glad there are four chris three superman movies yeah um I just, I just wish you didn't go out on this one. You know what I mean? Yeah, it, it's it's such a shame because you know it, everything that happened to Christopher Reeve, of course. But you know because I I'd read that uh, part of the reason that Sylvester Stallone wanted to make uh, Rocky Balboa was because he was so unhappy with Rocky Five and didn't want to end the franchise that way. Um, and you know, and, and it sucks that Christopher Reeve didn't get like a uh, a Kingdom Come story or. or something superman comes out of retirement like uh the man of steel returns type of story you know what i mean yeah if, if, if they hadn't happened in like the the 90s like because there was talk about all that then right it, it definitely would happen now like if you were still alive right yeah. I mean, and, and you know gosh what would he be in like in his 60s probably i don't even know actually 
I think he was he was pretty young. I think he was like twenty three or twenty four when he was cast in the first yeah. movie. Twenty four. And then that would have been nine years before this, plus thirty five, and someone at home can do the math and figure that out. But <laughs> Michael Keaton's back as Batman, Chris Reeve would be back as Superman, right? And yeah. Yeah. there we go. But hey, we did get him on Smallville, right? So that continued the legacy, passing the torch to Tom Welling. So So I I do uh, I do think of that as uh, very much the uh, redemption for him e- even if not for the superman character the the mythos you know what i mean like uh it and that that makes me happy that he got to be in those those two episodes and uh and upon listening to your podcast i found out what i did not know that uh he was going to be a bigger part of season four uh before his health issues um so i think that that uh is, you know he unfortunately passed away not too long after they uh started season four yeah, uh, and it's such a bummer because the, the stories that you know that, that Craig Byrne, who runs Krypton Site, for all of you who know, Krypton Site still exists. Um, he, uh, you know, he he read excerpts from a, a script that didn't get used, and I was listening to that, and I was like, that, that just sounds so much better than what we got. No offense to season four, which I like. Um, the, like, the further I get in the show, I'm like, you know, maybe season four isn't so bad. Maybe it's better than season <laughs> six and seven. You know, because season four, it had they get they plan this whole thing around like crystals and Crystal Reeve and Doctor Swan, right? Yeah. And then you know he passed away, and that's beyond their control, and they kind of had to scramble. And Margaret here didn't want to come back, and they're like, well, uh, somebody called Jane Seymour, <laughs> they get her. In, so <laughs> it was a scramble, right? So it was it, yeah to, to, to get more Crystal Reeve in any capacity would have been fantastic on the show, but. I, I mean, in the two episodes he was on, you know, he left an impact that lasted the whole show. And, and yeah, I think that's a, that's a good way to, to look at it. Like, that is his last imprint on the Superman story. Um, and, of course, the Superman, his Superman lives on in comic books now and other things. So uh, that continues. So, so it was a great, and we'll get into the movie here, obviously. But, like, it's for whatever this movie ended up being and the, the bad taste of less in people's mouth, I think the Christopher Reeve Superman him. I mean, people still say he's the best version of the character and he's their favorite. He's my favorite. Yep. Um, and he's the ideal Superman to me. Uh, and it's for it, for him to overcome <laughs> where the series ended up going. That just shows you how good he was. Cause, cause even in this movie, I think he's fantastic in it. Yes. I a hundred percent agree. Um, I, uh, my personal thought is when it comes to Superman now that, it, you know, we, we've had man of steel and BVS and justice league and then Zack Snyder's Justice League, which in terms of in terms of a Superman story is completely different. Um, well, in terms of all the characters, it's completely different. Um, but, uh, you know, in, in my opinion, if you were to take Christopher... Like, let's say we... I don't know if you agree with me here, but a little, a little hypothetical. If we could take Christopher Reeve and just, quote-unquote, Photoshop him into a modern Superman movie, not necessarily Man of Steel, but let's say somebody's making a Superman movie and they are able to pluck him out of time and put him in it, I still think that he would work, like his, the way he played the character. Maybe not necessarily like the bumbly Clark Kent, but his Superman for sure would 100% still work, at least in, in my mind. Yeah, all you have to do is look at what Marvel's doing with Captain America, or had done with Captain America. Because mm-hmm. I think Chris Evans' Captain America is like the spiritual successor to Christopher Reeve's Superman. Yep. Like just an earnest, do the right thing hero. He's got some edge jewelry and he used to, but he's a nice guy over there, and yep. a guy who's a role model you can aspire to be and is always going to do the right thing, right? And that's who you want on a Superman. So I would absolutely uh, 
think he would work. And, and you know, and I, I, I've come to really like Tyler Hecklin as Superman. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think he channels a lot of, like, just, just, just the energy or the positivity that Chris Reese Superman had. Yeah. Obviously, the best comparison to that is Brandon Routh's Superman. Yeah. Superman Returns, but especially in Christ on Infinite Earth, right? Yeah. Uh, I really liked him in that as well. And so I think... Yeah, I, I think, again, there's a reason why he's still people's favorite. And when people say Superman, a lot of people think of Christopher Reeve because he's just so perfectly embodied the character. And, you know, that's a, that's that casts a long shadow, right, over – I mean, Tom Welling – Tom Welling will tell you he never played Superman. <laughs> so he didn't have yeah. to live up to it, right? But you, you look at, you know, look at Batman. I think every ver- – Batman is so different all the time, and every version was never, like, perfect – so it's like you have your Adam West and you have your Michael Keaton and you have your Val Kilmer and I have a Robert Pattinson, you have your Ben Affleck, and it's like, yeah, there's parts of all these that are good, right? But but like Christopher Reeve was just right off and I know there was George Reeves before Christopher Reeve and there was Kirk Allen in the serials, right? But I'm talking like major motion picture, pop culture imprint, like he nailed it on the first go, and that's why it's so hard to follow him up. Yeah. So No, it, it, it's true because, you know, he kind of fundamentally understood the the, the kind of sweetness of the character and and it's 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 tough to do because the world even even 1978 could be so cynical um, and you know and it's easy to think like a Lex Luthor like you know I mean this is a Green Goblin line but you know more than they love to see a hero they love to see a hero fall and and that can feel true to I, I think a lot of you know our, our favorite heroes but I love that Superman doesn't necessarily subscribe to that, that he's he's going to be the good guy no matter what. Um, where my favorite Superman story is, uh, or like movie, I should say, is actually the, uh, the animated Superman versus the Elite. Um, I think Superman makes a great case in that film why he doesn't kill, why he is the way he is, you know, the way Manchester Black yells at him and says, you're living in a dream world. In his mind, he's like, yeah, it's, that's fine, because I want other people to believe in the dream. And and that just, that, like, you know, chills, tears, you know. <laughs> you know what's funny, and and I like Zack Snyder Justice League, yeah. uh, and I like some of the Zack Snyder DCU more than, I believe, you and some others. Uh, but <laughs> the, the, the interpretation of Superman there, I'm not the biggest fan of, and the whole DCU, and yeah. so, but... You know, Manchester Black tells Superman that in that story. Superman was the elite. And I believe Zack Snyder said that once when they were talking about Superman. It's like, you're living in a fucking dream world. And I'm like, oh, I yeah. see. Yeah, Maybe it, that's the problem. Maybe that's the disconnect when the director of your Superman movie is unironically quoting the villain of a Superman story. <laughs> that, yeah, that's, uh, I, I don't know. And I think... Well, you know, a lot of it is that, you know, Warner Brothers and Snyder and, and probably even David Goyer to an extent when they were writing the film, you know, thought like, oh, Superman's got to have some edge to him. He's got to be, you know, we've got to do it dark and serious, you know, just like Nolan did with Batman. And it's like, okay, but like what Nolan did with Batman and what Matt Reeves did with Superman, or Superman, <laughs> did with Batman, that works for that character because he's already dark and serious. You know, Superman needs to kind of be the light in a dark and serious world you know if that makes any sort of sense yeah and i think chris reeve understood that he was like yeah you know the interviews with him 
later in his life and while he was playing the character. He's like, Superman, he's a friend. He's a neighbor, right? Yeah. And it's like, yes, exactly, right? Yeah. And how's, that's how he even describes himself when he first meets Lois in the first movie. He's like, I'm a friend, and he flies yeah. off. And he's just an inspiring guy, right? And I, and so the, the, the goodwill that they established, the first movie was so good, and then Superman 2 had its issues, but it was still so good, mm-hmm. you know, that that carried on. Three was wonky, and then you get to four, and, like, you're still just like okay but that first one i mean you look at other franchises like jaws or jurassic park or like these first movies are like some of these iconic movies of hollywood right and by the time you get to the end it's like what how do we jaws the revenge how did we get here right from jaws and it's like this is i mean superman's very similar i think you know superman the movie superman superman 4 uh even very different set of circumstances but it's interesting that like the batman movies of the 80s and 90s four movies yeah, you start out on top and like you have your ups and downs, and you end up with like what is generally considered just you know ridiculous. Now, that that's the thing: the production values of Superman Four are awful. Yeah. They're just awful. They had no budget to do anything they wanted to do. You see the same shot of Superman flying towards the camera like fifteen times. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's just about yeah. It's embarrassing, really. Yeah. But you know, um, but what I what I don't know like would I watch this more than Batman and Robin? Uh, yes. Because even though Batman and Robin, for example, for using that for comparing these two franchises, right? Batman and Robin is like, yeah, it's the fourth movie, whatever. It had a huge budget, you know, looked looked ridiculous, but like intentionally so, like looked like there was money into it. There was lots of budget, all this looked polished, right? Yeah, yeah. But I'm like, I don't care about George Clooney as Batman. These villains are terrible, and the story is crap, right? We're like Superman four. I have my favorite Superman, Christopher Reeve. Gene Hackman is in this movie. Yep, as Lex Luthor arguably better than it even is in the first two i don't know that's a hot take but like i like he has a, a new plan yeah right he's not like trying to steal land or whatever like he he's like starting a nuclear war right i'm like in creating a supervillain. i'm like yes that's very comic lex luther i love that right oh yeah and then yeah. yeah and then you have a story of like superman he's like i'm going to uh rid the earth of nuclear weapons you're like okay well that someone had an idea here a very lofty idea I don't know. I mean, execution-wise, it didn't really work. But like, I appreciate the fact that like somebody had, like, uh, like th- here's an idea that let's explore what we can do with this character, right? Yeah. And and this movie has all that going for it. Uh, everything else <laughs> kind of fails, but those things are key. And um, that that that's why I would like, you know, I, I'll rewatch this movie for the rest of my life, even though it's not, <laughs> even though it's not great. I'll watch Batman and Robin. I don't know, maybe like two or three more times ever. You know. <laughs> I, you know, you know what I, I mean? <laughs> I, I, I do because I'm very similar where um, for me, Batman and Robin holds kind of a special weird place in my heart. So I, I do watch that movie probably more frequently than I would like uh, or like to admit, I should say. Um, but uh, at the same time, you know, I, I put the movie on for my daughter because I thought, oh, she, she'd love it. It's just, you know, it's basically a two hour cartoon. And, and she wasn't really into it until Batgirl showed up. And then it was like, oh, Batgirl. And then she all she could talk about for a few days was Batgirl. So that was cool. That's not very PC. <laughs> well, she's not thinking like that. There, you know? there are there are some good lines in there. I'll give it that. Yeah. <laughs> so. uh, but, but with Superman 4, there, there's sort of a, I, you know, for lack of a better word, like a schlockiness to it that I, I can still kind of appreciate. But there's also this mo- this me watching it. And there's a frustrated comic book fan going, "This it's it's that close to being really great, to being back on par with what one and two were," and you know, like like we were talking about, the budget just got slashed, and you know, and I've seen his name, you know, dozens of times. I don't think I could tell you the name of the director. I really have forgotten every time 
as soon as his name pops up, it's gone. Sydney J. Fury. Yes, I believe. Okay. And I I don't know what else he's done at all. Exactly. I have <laughs> no idea. Uh, same with uh, Pitoff, who did Catwoman. Oh God! Well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but but Superman Four is much more interesting to watch than Catwoman. I'll give it that. Yes. Being, um, you know, uh, nineteen years older. Oh my gosh. Um, that movie's that movie's on another level. But uh, dig dig deep in the Four Comic Junkies archive, you'll find my thoughts on that movie. And it was a, that was a fun conversation. But uh, so you know, but when I think about this movie, I think of it. Uh, a little bit like how I thought of the Green Lantern movie with Ryan Reynolds, where it's like this, you know, it's it's just it's that close. It's that close to being right, you know, maybe not perfect because no movie's perfect, but but right. And it's frustrating because I think Christopher Reeve is so good and all, you know, pretty much all the actors are good. You know, they, you know, they were under the pretense they were making another Superman movie and then they yeah. ended up having less <laughs> less of a budget than a Superboy episode <laughs> from the from yeah. the late late 80s early 90s um was that started like right after this didn't it started like at 80 yeah that was that was immediately after this and, and and i guess you know just for some context right so the the salkinds the people who made the first three superman movies mm-hmm. and the supergirl movie right they made those and then they sold the rights to uh um Golden Globus, what their names are, the, the, the I, Canon Films, right? Canon Films, yeah. Yeah, and and there were a couple of guys, and one's Golan, one's Globus. I think that was the, their names, right? Mm-hmm. And there's some great documentaries, like you can find them on Netflix and stuff about Canon Films and how like what a ridiculous <laughs> studio it was. I, I've read I've I've read a lot of articles about it. Yeah, and, and listen to podcasts. People talk about like Masters of the Universe, right? Yeah, they, they did that one. Yeah, and the, there are rumors that they took the money from Superman Four and gave it to that. I, I don't know if that was. I don't know if that's substantiated or not, but there's just they all they came out the same year. Yeah, yeah. You know, so there's there's rumors about that, but they were very irresponsible with money. They were like playing a shell game with like projects here and projects there, really shocky stuff. And yeah. So they have the rights to make this Superman movie, and they are not going to make it the way the Salkinds did. Like Superman three looks good for the '80s. You know, I mean, it looks like the '80s, but everything. You know, there's some great special effects in there, and 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 set pieces and stuff like that, and. You, that you're not gonna find any of that here. Like, it, like you look at this movie, and it, you can like understand like if you want to if you, if you want to try like teach people about like why lighting is important and and hair and makeup, like show them a scene <laughs> from Superman the movie, yeah, and then show them a scene from this, and it's like people just showed up on the set, they turned all the lights on, and they just and like Gene Hackman's hair looks like he just showed up, like got out of his car and they started filming, and it's supposed to be toupee people, and he has a bald yeah. spot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, <laughs> It, and that was, you know, that was a fun detail that I think I, when I was a kid watching the first Superman for the first time, I don't think I picked up on the fact that his hair was different in every scene until the end when he ripped it off. Um, and then when I would watch it again, I was like, oh, okay. Like that, you know, I mean, I was like you know, six or seven years old. Um, but as we've established many times in not just the show, but many other shows, I'm not smart. So I maybe wouldn't have picked up on that as an adult either. But, uh, you know, but it, 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 it's a shame because, you know, I mean, Gene Hackman was a get when they did 78, you know, he, uh, you know, and, and there's a story that Hackman told where he, you know, had, he had a mustache and he felt it was his career defining thing. He's not going to shave his mustache for anything. And Richard Donner said, if you shave your mustache, I'll save, shave my, my mustache. And so they, they're on set and he shaves his mustache 
and he says, okay, you know, Dick, now it's your turn, and he just peeled off a fake mustache. And that's how Hackman and Donner became friends. Genius. Uh, and, <laughs> and, I, and I love that story. You know, it just it sounds so endearing and sweet, which makes sense why Hackman was pissed off the Saul Kynes for firing him and didn't want yeah. to come back for Superman 2. And it's glaringly obvious in the Lester cut of Superman 2 that it's when it's not Gene Hackman. <laughs> right. Haven't you heard of parachutes? And yeah. Weird lines like that. I'm like, what is this? Is that... When you're a kid, you just watch it. You're like, oh, yay. But when you're older, you're like, oh, the scenes really show on that. But And then, of course, he wouldn't come back for three. Yeah. And if the Salkinds were still, if the Salkinds were doing four, he wouldn't have come back for that. So actually, I mean, this is really the only way he was ever going to come back if it was not in their control anymore. Yeah. Um, and I guess the, the the people that were running the studio were really good with negotiations. So they, because even Margot Kidder didn't want to do it. Uh, that's why she's barely in three. Um, but, you know, they, like, renegotiated all the contracts. And so they made everybody happy, at least to start. And then when you're locked into that contract, you know, you're kind of screwed. Well, maybe if they uh, paid everyone a little less. <laughs> <laughs> Made a made him a better looking movie, right? Because everybody comes back. You got Mark McClure back as Jimmy. It's forty five year old intern Jimmy. He really ages. I mean, yeah. I don't know. Like, I, I he was probably what tw early twenties in the first movie, and this yeah. is so you know late thirties. We all know that changed your life, you know. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> but just to see this guy, he's like, oh, geez, Mister Kit. I'm like, dude, you're like forty years old. You you have a bald spot. <laughs> you and Gene Hackman, right? Uh, I mean, he's not in it very much, right? But uh, and neither is I mean, Margot Kidder is in this quite a bit. Yeah. And I think I believe uh, she like brought a lot of her own clothes and did her own makeup and stuff. And it's like this is the kind of movie they were making. It, that's crazy. But uh, yeah, it, at least the guy right, Jackie Cooper is in it as Perry White. I mean, he and he looks old. Yeah. Yeah. He... He's got the old man glasses on and a <laughs> Mister Rogers sweater and like I don't know. He 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 aged a lot between Superman three and four. Uh, but they're all here, right? So give them credit I, there. I had to, you know, it, it, it's it's interesting because it's you know it's uh, you know what, uh, you know, so it's nine years since the first movie came out. So you know everybody's you know so of course everybody's going to age up a little bit. But um, it again, like you're saying, it, if the movie had been lit better, maybe had better makeup artists, it wouldn't look so distracting you know being like like oh like jimmy is you know looks older than clark or whatever you know <laughs> i don't know maybe yeah you, you would totally if you had a real hair and makeup department you would totally smooth all those edges over and we yeah. all you have all like that. it's just like nor normal people showing up on a movie set look like it's not surprising they look that way right but the the, the sets look cheap like the i mean the special effects we are i mean the superman like i said the repetitive stuff and yeah. and then you get into like well you know you get into nuclear man right uh Great that note. i mean <laughs> that i mean he's he's you know he's a costume super super villain so yeah. I, I respect the fact they had chris reese superman fight a costume super villain now could it have been bizarro i mean that would have been really expensive to do two christopher reeves but mm -hmm. you could have just not had christopher Reeve play bizarro and had somebody else in white like on the superboy show right you know, they had a different actor play Bizarro, and that worked pretty well. I'm just saying, like, the, the Chris Reeve movies, like, it, like, you were so close with three and four. Like, you had a supercomputer, but it wasn't Brainiac. And you had a you had a clone of Superman, but it wasn't yeah, it wasn't Bizarro. And you had an evil Superman in the last one, but it wasn't Bizarro. I'm like, you were so close, yeah. like you were saying. But, it, you know, it, and, and it is very frustrating and thinking about, you know, and, and I love seeing, like, fan art where people put, like, you know, if Batman v Superman was made in, like, 92 
you know, it would have been Reeve and, and Keaton. And, uh, and I, you know, I love seeing fan art like that. And, and there is kind of a fun, like, what if game, you know, like we talked, you know, you know, first time we really had a conversation was about uh, Superman Lives, you know, so it's like, you know, the, the what if game, not okay to do in real life. Don't dwell on things that, you know, <laughs> on your regrets. But like, but it is, but to me, it's a lot of fun to think like, oh man, like what, what would they have looked like if they had done a, a Keaton uh, Reeve Superman Batman movie or whatever? Um, you know, and and even now, like with the comic books, um, you know, I, you know, the first question that people were asking when they announced the Batman 89 comic and the Superman 78 comic, when those, that announcement came out together, was are they going to cross over? Like everybody was asking that question, and you no, know, that's that's what they get for announcing them on the same day, releasing them at the same time. Yeah. So I I, I hope they will. I, I it would be such a missed opportunity if they don't. I you know I I agree, but I also think like I wouldn't mind if there was even if they did something different, like you know because there was always the joke that Keaton would have been Batman and Superman lives, um, and I you know who knows if they would have actually done that maybe maybe not, uh, you know I mean. Michael Keaton did um, Dumbo for Tim Burton, so maybe he'll just do whatever <laughs> Tim Burton's doing. Um, but uh, you know, I, I I don't know. So it, it's it's cool to see the continuation and, and play the what if game. Um, but it but it is frustrating when you think like, man, like if they didn't even need that much foresight to be like, hey, you know, these are our two biggest franchises. If we put them together, we'll make even more money. You know. Kevin Feige was the first one to really figure that out, you know, and go, hey, so if you do Iron Man and then Thor and then Captain America, you can just throw them all in the same movie and audiences will go. And he was right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this came out two years before Batman 99. Yeah. That's incredible. I mean, and you look at these movies, it feels like they're 10 years apart. Exactly, yeah. And and that's it's such a shame because Christopher Reeve definitely, I mean, he, at the very least, he deserved better. He's a great... Uh, great actor and you know um i've only seen a few of his things outside of superman uh like there was a movie he did with morgan freeman called street smarts um have you ever seen that movie no but i've heard about it. it's on my to watch list um i i if i'm not mistaken it's the part of the reason he did superman 4 was to get that movie funded oh yeah because they, they they funded a canon funded him a couple of movies and that was one of them huh let's right. get some passion projects yeah but it, it actually was a decent movie and and it's cool because I'm not sitting there going, you know, oh, Clark is doing like, I can't believe this is Clark. I'm like, wow, this actor is really great. Um, you know, and Morgan Freeman's in it when he was a lot younger, of course, you know, because I think it was like 88, 89. Um, yeah, I highly recommend that movie. It was pretty good. Um, but, you know, it's I, I've seen him in. Have you seen Somewhere in Time? No, I have. That's not, a great. I, that's a great movie. That, yeah, that's it's James Seymour's in it. Right. You oh. know. There is a lot of Clark Kent energy in it, though, like because he, he goes back in time and he's kind of awkward in some situations, and okay. and he made it like right after Superman one and two, so after doing bows back to back, he's probably still baked into his uh, his. Like, but Chris Reeve was a great actor, you know, which which he shows off in this movie. Like, you know what? Pro my favorite scene in this movie is probably the double date scene. Oh yeah, yeah. Between Superman, Clark, Lois, did, and Lacey. I did want to talk about that because yeah, it's, it's such a. Uh a sitcom-y type of thing, you know, like he has a date with two women and he's got to figure out a way to make it work. You know, that's stuff you'd see all the time. Right. On like TGIF <laughs> stuff, like when we were growing up. <laughs> right. But just the way, the way he plays it, like, uh, like Clark, Clark comes in and Lois is like, Hey Clark, uh, she's really 
proud of her outfit. She wants you to notice her. And Clark's like, oh, hey, uh, nice dress. And that's it, right? <laughs> yeah. And then Superman comes in. He's like, it's a very attractive outfit you're wearing. <laughs> I was like, this is so yep. good. It's, it's just so fun. And that's uh, having fun with the secret identity and stuff. And yeah. uh, I, the whole, like, you don't, do you need, like, Lacey Warfield and her dad buying the Daily Planet? No. And, if it, you know, even that, honestly, like, they talk about, like, journalism and journalism ethics. I'm like, you could have, like, really leaned into that more. Yeah. Like, every, everything is very just if you've got a little deeper into all these things, like if you got a little deeper into like Lex making a Superman clone, right? What does that mean? Or a nuclear war, like, well, you know, or, or not a nuclear war, but like the nuclear threat, right? And getting rid of all the missiles, right? And it, and if you go a little deeper into like, hey, new people bought the Daily Planet and they're unethical, right? And, and it's a swaying public opinion, like those universal themes, timeless themes, right? Yeah. About the news and all this. Like there's a lot of, they could have done more there and they're, you know, it's it was a late 80s superhero movie right it was not the landscape we're in today but you see a lot of seeds for like what could have been more and you think about those sorts of things because it's like did you really need to give clark and like another love interest in this movie yeah like lana lang worked in three because like oh everybody knows lana lang from the comics and she was actually established in the first one yeah of course retrospectively it's another tool from smallville so we all love that and i think they had great <laughs> chemistry and Anyway, that worked. I really like that. Yeah. Um, but this, I'm like, why are we wasting time with, oh, yeah, look, another like love interest and stuff. Although I say that, I think all my favorite scenes are with Clark and her <laughs> because I think of another one in, uh, when they're at the gym. Yes, right? I, I love that scene. Yeah. And he's just, the, the, the tag at the end, he's just like, uh, no pain, no gain. You know? <laughs> yes, because sometimes we get a jerk to him yeah. and he just throws like 400 pounds on him and yeah. just like, you could have killed that guy, Clark. <laughs> Like, you know, that's and that's like the second time he's done that in these movies, right? Because he beats up that guy at the diner, you know, which mm -hmm. is just such a dick move. You know, yeah. he, he pays the owner and everything, so that's nice. But, but it's that's... also like, come on, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, we talk in the game about how this Superman is like a role model, but he's also like, yeah, he does he does some questionable dick moves sometimes. But you, but it's it's kind of harmless in the grand scheme of things, and you you you, it's like getting one back at a bully kind of thing, right? It's yeah, you know, yeah. it's surface level surface level revenge right it's not like i'm gonna go i don't know trash this guy's truck and but <laughs> you know just just because he smacked a girl on the butt and he's like all right you're right that's enough get out of here and then you know he and then that guy just won't you destroy your livelihood and put <laughs> telephone poles into your truck um anyway uh yeah but then again you know the first episode of smallville stacks up all the, the trucks, trucks. But, that, but again, I, I put that on par with what uh, Christopher Reeve was, you know, getting back at yeah. Billy kind of thing. Cause, but at the same time, you could argue Clark was, you know, 24 going on 15 in that show. So, you know, he was, yeah. uh, you know, it was a little little teenage rebellion, you know, not going to hurt anybody. And you yeah. know, he, he's going to know better by the time he's older, unless he lives in Zack <laughs> Snyder's world, of course. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Well, his his vibe with uh, with Lex in this movie is really good. Like they know he, they have an established relationship at this point. Yeah. Uh, and like when he calls him on the on the Times Square, which that's that was cool, Lex TV or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Good thing he was standing there. I'm like, what if he was somewhere else in the city? He wouldn't have seen that. Or or if he was in a different city altogether. <laughs> like, listen, <laughs> Superman. It's like somebody you know down. It's like uh, talking he's in to Ch no one. He's in China. He's, he's fixing the Great Wall with his eyes. Fixing uh, the oh god, yeah, that is. <laughs> These movies have the most ridiculous powers, right? There's that. There's the memory kiss. We'll, we'll talk about the memory kiss in, in, a, in a second. We'll talk about Lois more in a minute. But, yes. like, but no, him and Lex, he's like, I have a lot to do, Luther. You know, like, what are you in town for? Right? And that kind of thing. Like, their yeah. vibe is cool. And, and, 
even Lex is like, you're the only one to keep up with me, Mr. Muscle, right? And it's like, oh, look at, like, I, I like their vibe, right? And, yeah, yeah. And, and I don't like, and to me, like, that's why I almost like Superman 4, like, uh, Gene Hackman as Lex, like, in this one even more than maybe the first two. Uh, that's mm. probably, again, sacrilege, but it's like, he's doing more Lex Luthor things. He's got, you know, interactions with Superman. He's, he's controlling a supervillain, right? Yeah. I mean, Lenny is really annoying, but Miss Tessmarker and Otis are also really annoying so just pick your poison there yeah i don't know i i do I, I think one of my least favorite bits when you talk about like lenny being annoying is when nuclear man you know makes the tornado with his finger because that's a power he has um and lenny's yes. like spinning around and john crier must have just been told i don't know just say just say things kids say you know, and he's like, "Whoa, oh my gosh, this is amazing! Oh, totally cool! Whoa, well, break dancing, man!" Yeah, and I'm just like, I'm like, I don't like. It, it would almost be like, you know, you're, now you're going back into Lester territory. Yeah, when it could have been scary. Yeah, yeah. because or, I mean, Mark Mark Pillow is an intimidating guy as Nuclear Man. Like yeah. that, but the the perm with the hair and the long nails really undercut the menace. <laughs> It, of his know, character it's and he talks like gene hackman and it just so it looks weird you know <laughs> like it, like why would they do that it makes no sense if anything yeah. he should sound like superman <laughs> yeah and well that's that's actually one of my favorite continuity bits in the movie is here's this uh you know a strand of superman's hair holding this thousand pound weight and how does lex Luthor cut it with an ordinary pair of scissors <laughs> yeah that's so strange like he should have they should have had him cut the the metal and take yeah. it <laughs> or, it, you know, it, I think it, they could have made a funny montage where he has, like, you know, like, you know. Keeps trying different he, things. He has clippers and a chainsaw and, you know. A they come of... back to that museum, like, every day for, like, a week. Right. And that'd be kind of funny. Um, did, you, did you notice in that scene, though, uh, he has a, a, a baseball hat and has, like, the Nuclear Man logo on it? No, I didn't notice it's, that. It's like, he, he like, that's just his branding, I guess. He was... <laughs> <laughs> it's like so strange it, it, it is and you know but you know to, to what i was saying before about lenny you know like you, you were mentioning lenny being kind yeah, of yeah irritating yeah. and o otis and and miss tesmacher were as well i was like you know but the the comedy can come in in good places like in the first movie you know it's 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 i think it's genuinely hilarious when you know uh lex you know superman goes to his lair for the first time and lex says oh just take the man's cape and you know superman just glares at him and he's like i don't think he wants me to mr luthor it's like that's that's a funny bit right there you know they're just like it you know it, it kind of cuts the tension i guess a little bit and we get to see that these characters are genuinely like you know like interacting and it doesn't feel forced or staged or whatever like a lot unfortunately a lot of this movie does um like you know talking about the buying the daily planet building it's like it ends with Perry White saying, yeah, I got the city to make the Daily Planet a historical building, so you don't own it anymore. And then they immediately print a story, literally immediately print a story saying, Daily Planet saved. And I was like, <laughs> it happened in one second. That's not how the force works. <laughs> I, I'll always remember how he says predators and that scene. He's like, protected from predators. <laughs> like, that's the only time I've ever heard anyone pronounce predators. <laughs> Like, well, they they should have gotten him to do a voiceover in one of the Predator movies then, just to say something. <laughs> Predators. Like <that>. <laughs> so. Yeah, um, yeah, you know. So, uh, like you were talking about before with Lois, it's I I was so upset that they did the memory kiss again. 
because to me it felt like at this point in their relationship just tell her man you just at this point you just look like a jerk every time i kiss her i'll just wipe her mind i mean that's uh yeah that, that makes it a joke <laughs> yeah i mean that that undercuts any kind of like drama like say what you want the memory people joke about the memory kiss of superman too i think it's it's kind of sweet because she's really upset and he doesn't want like it's it, it is it, it he sees how upset she is and it's like well this sucks for everybody. This is the best I can do. Now, there are questionable moral things about that, too, but sure. you know, like, they should have a conversation like, do you want me to erase your memory or not? Like, Get some <laughs> consent on that, please, Superman. But yeah, yeah. Um, you get you you get it. It works in that context, right? You're right. kind of caught up in the emotion of it all, right? This makes it like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to do whatever I want. Like, It makes it a robot chicken skit, right? Where he's going around kissing everybody, right? Yes. It's like it's the same thing. He kisses her. She remembers, and he kisses her again to forget. I'm like, bro, that's not, that's not a good look. It's not yeah. a good look. All it, for what? So they could just... Well, I guess they wanted. It's like they looked at Superman the movie. And they're like, "Oh, can we do that thing where they fly around again?" I'm like, yeah, I guess we can do that. And then I guess that's the whole reason he he, he kisses. Yeah. Like, did she have to know that he was Clark and Superman in order to do that? I don't think so. That was well, that was there, dumb. Well, there's also I, I thought like a good bit when she says, you know, when he says, "I I don't think you even know my real name," and she says, "It's Kal El," and I thought that was really sweet. It's like, you no, know, she knows something about him that maybe other people don't know about um you know because i don't think they talked about it in the interview scene in the first movie like what his real name was um but uh just gonna know. assume they mentioned that in superman 2 at some point when yeah. they're together but uh but yeah but to, to have and, and then what a dick move too like <laughs> where he like like he doesn't reveal he's superman yet and they both jump off the uh the balcony yeah yeah the clark things aren't that bad ah! <laughs> <laughs> it's like uh like aladdin <laughs> yeah <You know? laughs> it is um, so that, that's i don't know like it, I, I like how she i mean margaret kidder was barely in superman 3 right and lois lane was and she's in this movie a lot and like that scene where she brings the cape back to sick clark and it's like it would have been so much better if she knew he was superman and was like just telling him that stuff it's like if he were here i would tell him that I love him, and he's the best, and he's gonna figure it out, and we're all waiting for him to get better. Like instead of like, no, you know for a fact she doesn't know because we just saw her memory got erased yeah. again. So well, it's you know it's kind of the, it's the stuff that I think that Smallville did a little bit better. Where in the beginning of season ten, Lois figures out that he's you know the blur, uh, and and tries to, but is like I'm just gonna let him come to me and tell me when he's ready. And and I like that they had that for a couple episodes going into that because it felt like, like okay that 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 felt real. Whereas in in this movie it just feels like they're just they're doing Superman's greatest hits, right? It's like let's get a super powered guy to him for him to fight. Let's do a Lois flying scene. Let's make sure that she doesn't remember his secret identity, you know. And we'll, of course you know we'll have Lex with some sort of diabolical scheme. And yeah. it it just. So you know, so it's it's less uh, it's less a movie, and it, you know, more or less like they were throwing out great ideas, recycling ideas, I should say. Well, they're even repeating the the green crystal stuff from the first couple of movies. Yeah, you know, right? it's like they get hey to their credit, they get Susanna York who played Lara in the first two Superman movies, right? Yeah. Superman's mom, and she does a voiceover this time. Not not enough to pay her to appear in person, but they got a voiceover. <laughs> yeah. But they got a, another green crystal. <laughs> I'm like, oh okay like there there I, was uh you know but i one thing that really bothered me even when i was a kid you know was that the when he goes to the fortress and he's talking to the council of krypton 
I thought, I, even to the even to this day, I'm like, no, that should that's not okay with me. Like, even when I was a kid, I was like, but they're all dead. He can't talk to them. Like, I get he can talk to mom and dad, right? You know, Jarrell mm-hmm. and Lara from Krypton, but talking to the Kryptonian Council, it's like, you know, you know, well, let's let's talk to the same idiots who got Krypton destroyed. <laughs> And so it's like, well, no wonder Superman's not going to listen to them, and he's going to destroy all the nuclear weapons, because it's like, these idiots wouldn't know, you know, an apocalypse if it blew up in their face. Oh, that's right, it did. <laughs> yeah, that, that that's always been more of a production thing, where it's like, well, I get, we can't get Marlon Brando, I guess let's just get some old people, and I'm like, no, 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 like, <laughs> this spaceship was built in secret. Yeah. Like, even in the universe, like, in the universe explanation, like, there is none. For yeah. why he'd be able to talk to those guys, you should just paid Susanna York a little more and have him talk to his mom. Which yeah. is, which is, it's ridiculous that this this movie like had no budget, and yet they they construct a really cool like Fortress of Solitude model, like yeah. that first shot of it. I'm like, it looks pretty good. Yeah. And then he, there's a set, and he's there. I'm like, no, no, no. Why did you spend money on this? Like, you just didn't need this scene at all. Right. Leave this out, right? Just and then save. I don't know. Reallocate that money for something else. <laughs> um, all you had to do was like find the, the crystal in the spaceship and at the beginning. You know, I, I actually really like the first scene in, in, in Smallville um, when, when Clark is there and then that, that, oh, yeah. the, his his uh, like old, old guy, old friend of his dad's, is trying to sell the property and he's like, "Oh, we're gonna sell him a real farmer. That's just the way it is, right?" And I'm like, right, "Okay, right. I like I I like that whole vibe there." And and of course he acts like he you know can't hit the baseball, then he launches it into space. Yeah, um, which is fun. But I, 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 I there, there, were, there was really good little bits and pieces here spread out throughout this movie, which makes it more interesting and frustrating that, like, again, they were just so close. Um, like, even if they had a budget, though, uh, there are a lot of story things that don't quite, <laughs> don't quite well, add up. But it, it would have been nicer to look at. <laughs> well, that's that's also part of the problem with the movie is that that scene in Smallville is the only one. <laughs> you know, he doesn't go back. You know, ex- except right. I guess with the the green crystal and the cape, I think well, he goes back then. Oh no, he's in his. I guess he. Hmm, I didn't even think about that. You're right. I guess he had it with him in his apartment. I guess. Okay. Right. Okay. I get that because we need to go back to the city. You know, and I will say, like, it's in retrospect, it's kind of, it's bittersweet and poignant to like see old Christopher Reeve there yeah. for like a few minutes. I know it's a weird, like, oh, it's a sick dying Superman and all that, but it's yeah. like he never got to be that old in real life, and it's like, wow, it's. I, don't know, I mean, obviously, it's completely out of context. But like, oh wow, it's, right. an, it's an older Christopher Reeve. So that those are you know, things you think about when you when you when you watched it nowadays. And uh, yeah. it it was it was a repetitive plot beat. But you're like, okay, you know. I I thought that you know I I didn't mind, but the scene doesn't bother me. You know, it, it you know it's it's such a cute bit when he's like, uh, he's like, you know, your your dad told me about this crib, and he's like, oh, you know, little Clark must have had a nightmare and kicked it, you know, and that's how it broke. You know, that's so funny, isn't it? And Clark's just like, yeah, Dad had a good sense of humor. And I just love yeah, that. Yeah, Dad's the Joker. Yep. Yep. Yeah, that, that little uh, that little bit there, you know, just, like, you know, it makes me smile. Because it's like, that sounds like something Clark would say, you know. Yeah. And it also sounds like something Jonathan would have said, you yeah. know. And, of course, we all know that it wasn't a joke. Yeah, <laughs> so. yeah. So that's, that. you know, like, we're all in on it. Like, like yeah. George Reeves winking at the camera at the end of every yeah. episode. Like, okay, we're in on it. It's cool. It's fun. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, that's that, there's so much of like Clark. I think there's more Clark in this than any other, maybe Christopher Reeve Superman movie. I mean, Superman, there's a lot of Clark in Superman three as well. Yeah, but there's uh, definitely more Clark than in the first two. And it's yeah, and and again, it it goes to the uh, you know, and I like the idea that oh here's this woman that's attracted to Clark and not to Superman. I think that's kind of interesting, and could it could have been fun. Uh, until like you know nuclear man sees her and then for some reason he's just 
you know, hot and bothered by her. <laughs> Takes her into space. <laughs> yeah, huge, huge plot hole there. Um, well, I, so much of this is like the deleted scenes explain so much of this. Like the yeah. first nuclear man saw her at a club and liked her, and I guess they got carried over to the second one. And, and like, it's a whole nother like rabbit hole you can fall into. Like they deleted like 45 minutes of this movie. You know? I don't think I don't think I've seen that in, in a very long time. I, I'm pretty sure I have because I know what you're talking about. But uh, it's been a while since I've actually watched that, which would have been good prep for this episode. Uh, but you know, <laughs> I was busy. You know, I was you know I was getting I was buying this beer right here. So, <laughs> but uh, but you know, I I think like you were saying that there's there's so much that it gets right that it's frustrating when it gets some of the stuff wrong. Um, but at the end of the day, like the Christopher Reeve is such a joy to watch. And, and I think that about all four of them, even in Superman three, um, y- have you ever listened to the podcast? How did this get made? Uh, I am familiar with it, but I haven't heard it. No, they, do they do one on Superman three? They, they did. And it's, and, uh, it's really, it's really, really funny. Uh, like, uh, Paul Shear and, uh, June Raffio and, uh, Jason Manzoukas. And Jason Manzoukas is one of the funniest people on the planet. If you ask me. And the, and the jokes he makes about Superman 3 <laughs> um, were like, it, they said that it was funny how every time Superman showed up somewhere, he always looked for someone who was in charge and said, what can I do to help? And they were like, they were like he's Superman. Shouldn't they be looking at him going, oh, you're Superman. You tell us what to do. <laughs> um, <Yeah. laughs> which I thought was a, was, a, was a funny way to put it. But, but then again... I, I had to kind of go, well, it's it's okay, though, because it's Superman, and he just wants to help. He's not taking charge of anything, blah, blah, blah. Trying to be respectful of the yes. chain of command. <laughs> <laughs> and I, so I really so – I, so I thought that was funny, but I would disagree. Um, yeah. But, uh, but, you know, but in all seriousness, it's like in all, in all four of them, I just – he's so interesting to watch. He's so compelling to watch. And even though it's the exact same shot that ends all four movies um, – I, you know, I still love it when he smiles. It just looks so like genuine and happy. And how can you not feel uplifted at the end of one of those Superman movies, right? Like, hey, everything's gonna be okay. Like even in our real world, where it doesn't feel like that a lot. Uh, <laughs> it, uh, you know, these movies are, are really good. I think at uh, really good optimism and uh, that there is hope out there somewhere. The S stands for hope, JJ. That's right. <laughs> uh, no, the uh, it, you know, the, it again, like to the to the bigger themes of the movie, right? Like the the denouement of this movie, right? Is Superman giving a speech at the United Nations, and he's like, "I wish you could see the world the way I see it, because we're all just one planet. I don't see the borders." I'm like, "Oh, this is like a, this is a universal message of like the the brotherhood of humanity, right?" I mean, that's that's great, you know. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, that's true, and. uh I don't know, like, I, I really like that they tried to say something with this movie. Maybe it was ill intent, you know, I mean, ill, Ill execution, you know, the the intent was there, right? The intent to do good there was there. And uh, because Superman 3, like, what is that about? Like, you know, I mean, what? <laughs> well, they're trying to, they're trying to get all the coffee rights and then all the oil rights. And then they make a big computer that can do anything. Hmm. I don't know what your problem is. It's, it's Sounds perfectly logical to I me. Mean, anyway. you know, I'm sure there are people out there doing that right now, actually. So it's pretty realistic. But it's just like I don't, and not that not that every superhero has to be about something. But I think it's interesting sure. that they tackle this issue to the to the point where like 
you know, I, I think about the the uh, the first episode of the Justice League animated series, right? Superman gets in the United Nations, like, I'm going to do all this stuff, right? And I'm like, are you? And then the, he can't do it alone. He has to have the Justice League. So, yeah. I don't know. I, I, I feel like, uh, you know, there was even, like, on the on the Daily Show, like, in the 2000s, like, I, I think John Stewart brought this up. Like, Obama was giving a speech to the United Nations about, you know, decolor disarmament. He's like, hmm, that sounds familiar. And they play oh, it yeah. Yep, you know, yep. I'm like, yes, yeah, so people remember this, you know, um, mm-hmm. and and yes, the visuals are ridiculous. But I also enjoy like the totally embracing the comic book absurdity of like Superman throwing a net of nuclear missiles into the sun. And <laughs> I'm like, like that's right out of the comic books. And there's like a million of them in there, <laughs> you know, which is um, just just like, OK, so who built that? You know, who built they, that giant net? That's a good it, point. It had to have been him, right? Like, who else could have done it? He's like, yeah, we're going to need some sort of container. And he's like, guys, I got a big net. I'll make it. I'm Superman. I can do it in four seconds. Don't worry about it. Um, but, you know, um, and then, you know, with Nuclear Man in general, I, I have to admit that I was well into my adult years when I realized that he does not have sleeves. <laughs> That's how bronzed <laughs> up he is. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah, I mean, he does. He just kind of match the gold on his costume, doesn't he? Yeah, it's it's very much a, a, a ridiculous spray tan that it's just so. Oh my gosh, so damn funny to me. Um, now, Mark Pillow, the guy who played him, right? Again, he was in great shape, right? Really like embodied the role of like a big super villain. But <laughs> you should look at these pictures if you hadn't seen him. He went to the premiere in the in the UK, and he met like Princess Diana and Prince Charles in costume. <laughs> and I think I think it's because they told him like, "Hey, you need to do this." He's like, "Okay," and he and you see pictures of him just sit standing in line with you know everybody. Chris Reeve did not go. I think yeah. they asked him to go in costume too, and he's like, "No, <laughs> no." He's trying to distance himself at that point. <laughs> I'm making I'm making street smart right now, you know, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's just like, man, this guy. What a, I, I get, you think about you talk about you know John Carr, like all these people, like, man, I'm gonna be in a Superman movie, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, ooh. That's that's got to sting. So I, I think this is also the first and last thing he did, though. We talked about that like privately before, um, where I I don't think Mark Pillow has done anything else, and I didn't even know he was still alive until he was at the Motor City Comic Con that I went to a oh, few yeah. weeks ago. Yeah. I was like, oh, he's still around. Okay. Um, he he lives in Texas, actually, not not oh, yeah? far from me. So I'm thinking about going by his house sometime and. <laughs> <laughs> Destroy Superman. <laughs> say the thing. Can, say can, the thing. Can you say it just like Gene Hackman though? Because otherwise, <laughs> it doesn't make any sense to me. That, that's what's ridiculous. The, the other thing I heard about that is like Gene Hackman, like he didn't come back for ADR, which is like additional dialogue recording. Yep. So everything of him is on set. So when when Nick Man talks like him, they were playing Gene Hackman's dialogue, and he had to match the mouth of of the saying. Yeah. Like any logical <laughs> movie would be like. Okay, Gene Hackman. Here's the actor saying the lines. Say them and match what he said. But instead, it was the reverse because one guy is Gene Hackman, one of the greatest actors of all time. Mm-hmm. One guy is Mark Pillow. God bless him. Which is the only thing he's ever done. And he has to be like, <laughs> yes, destroy Superman. It just looks so. Weird. Why? Why? They didn't need to do the all for that one gag where like you have my voice. No, you have my voice. Like yeah. was that why? All for a joke? <laughs> yeah. It, it... You know, and a joke that doesn't land. It just looks awkward, and you know. Yes. What are you thinking? But, so. but it it turns out okay because all Superman had to do was just push the sun, the moon in front of the sun, and uh, Nuclear Man just shuts down like the battle droids, and uh, again total comic book imagery like Superman pushing the moon, 
yeah. out of orbit. I'm like, that is straight out of the comic book. So love it or hate it, like, they're, I don't know, like, a comic book come to life. <laughs> that's, it, you know, it, more that's, than any other Christopher Reeve movie, this does that. It, that's that's very true. Uh, and it's and it's funny where, you know, I, I think about stuff like that, and, you know, it's just... But then again, it's like, like you know, like we're talking this whole thing, right? We, we, we still have a soft spot for this movie. And uh, like we talked about with our, uh, uh, you know, Mask of the Phantasm episode, it uh, there's, there's something fun about the fact that people that are our age that are in charge of making this stuff want to homage this stuff, you know? So Nuclear Man showed up in the Arrowverse comic in the Superman and Lois issue for a panel or two, uh, which I, I thought was really fun. You know, like, uh, yeah, it's like it doesn't it, it doesn't have to be anything more than just this little cameo that us hardcore fans are going to go, oh, that's so cool. It's, you know, it's Nuclear Man. Uh, and same with, like, I think, like, the second issue of uh, Superman that Brian Michael Bendis did that Ivan Rice drew Nuclear Man for just, like, a, a couple pages before he's killed uh, by Rogol Czar, or however you say that. Um uh, yeah, the, like he was like in the Phantom Zone, right, or yeah. something. Yeah. So I mean, that's that's like I know what that is. Like this is what we are. Right? We love stuff like that. So I don't know, man. I, I gotta. I, I want to see Nuclear Man as as the villain of the of the next season, Superman Lois. <laughs> I start out. You have John Cryer, Lex Luthor, create Nuclear Man. Yeah. He's like, whoa, dude, whoa! <laughs> he puts him in a tornado. I just want to see the. His powers don't even make any sense. Yeah. It's like you're you why you you were birthed from the sun. So why does yeah. It's like you you so, should have plenty of solar energy in you to not have to be and, direct sunlight. And so like at you know, at like you know, if it's summertime, let's say, so at nine o'clock every night he goes to sleep and <laughs> wakes up at six AM with the sunrise. Um so it's like, okay, well that's another strange thing, I guess. I mean they don't say that in the movie, but I'm assuming. Um but you know, it's just uh you know, but but the concept is interesting. Having a character that's just as powerful as Superman, and you know, how's he going to stop him? And because one would assume that Kryptonite wouldn't hurt him the way that it does, you know, Superman. Um, but I don't know. It's just interesting to, the, like we like we've been saying. There's there's it's like this close. Like there's a lot of cool stuff, and and even with like the Lex's voice thing, they could have they could have made it work, but you know, for whatever reason, it just. It's, it seems silly, and maybe that's just because Mark Pillow, being like his first movie, is sort of overacting a lot. <laughs> like when he says, like you know, destroy Superman. It's his mouth is going like this. It's so over the top, <laughs> yeah. Um, so you could really probably put any dialogue in there, and it might have worked. Right. <laughs> yeah, and it's again, it's it, look. They had the Superman two. Superman fought three Kryptonian villains, right? But they're like in like these black leather kind of. So overall onesie, whatever those were, right? Yeah. Um, cool costumes, right? But not like a, a flamboyant supervillain costume, right? And we got right. one here. So that's I respect that, right? And yeah, yeah. now the nails and stuff, he scratched. It's, it's so like I've never seen Superman look more pathetic than when he's like trying to like not get scratched by a nuclear man. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, ugh, ugh. he's like trying to swat him away. And it's like <laughs> as he's breaking physics by holding the Statue of Liberty, like <laughs> yeah. in a really weird spot. Um, they just, I don't know. It's like, hey guys, your budget got cut like by forty million dollars. Like, okay, let, let's let's reassess yeah. what we are. Maybe not have a thing where he flies around <laughs> with the Statue of Liberty. Just just bring it. Remember, like, have him fight on like the street or in. Or, well, you know, they do go have him fight on the moon, which is like basically a desert. 
Yeah. Um, Which I, I kind of thought was cool, you know? That like, was cool. They're fighting in space, yeah. right? There was no humans there uh, yet, and then he picks up Lacey and brings her into space, and like, guys, people can't breathe in space. Yeah. Like, it, it, I remember that, that being something, you know, that when I watched it as a kid, and it's like, and as a kid, I knew that the Superman movies I got worse and worse. Um, but I, I remember, like, not minding because I was still having fun watching it, except for that moment. That moment always, when I was a kid, just pissed me off, where I was just like, no, that's not okay. <laughs> I can accept, you know, the eye fixing the, the the Great Wall of China. I can accept the Statue of Liberty being flown around, you know, and I can even accept that Superman knows Russian, apparently. But, you know, come on. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I like that he knows Russian. It kind of shows that he's like a well-traveled, like educated guy. Like even yeah. when he lands in like Italy and saves like the volcano, I think he talks to some people too. And oh, yeah. I like I like when Superman stops and talks to people when he's saving them. Yeah, you know that. I mean that forms a bond. That's why people like him and re respond well to him instead of just like ominously floating. It's like, bro, you gonna save me? <laughs> so <laughs> you know, our, float there. Our house Move is your... underwater, man. Like, can you Move come down your here, ass, please? Superman? <laughs> Like, anyway. you know, I just saw you pull this huge ship, you son of a bitch. <laughs> just help me. I'm one person. Yeah. Um, so, and then, yeah, the cold cold breath. I mean, he, he uses a nuclear man. He uses cold breath on Superman, and he gets out, you know, he explodes out of the thing. It's like, yeah. hey, for the late 80s, they had no budget. Like, I, I like that they're trying, well, right? You, Instead of, like, here's a here's you know, the Smallville thing. It's like, here's Doomsday. Looks like a human. Here's, <laughs> here's Brainiac. Looks like a human, right? Here's yeah. so-and-so. Like, yeah. Here's Darkseid possessing Lionel Luther. I'm like, yeah, that, that's the that stuff, right? Is the is the 2000s equivalent, <laughs> right, <laughs> and, right? And yeah, just show me some costume, show me some stuff, right? And uh, even if even if it's the same shot over and over <laughs> and over, but yeah, I mean, Superman he gets his ass kicked by Nuclear Man on the moon, like he gets pounded oh, yeah. into the ground. Yep. And um <laughs> and, and and but you know what? This is when Superman stood for true justice the American way because before. Before going and saving the Earth, he makes sure he puts that flag back up, yep. <laughs> which I thought was like, this is the most like cheesy Boy Scout thing they could ever do. And I'm, but I'm like, I don't mind it. It's like it, I feel like this Superman would do that. <laughs> there's there's so much of that in and also after 9/11, all three of the Raimi Spider-Mans. There's so many shots of like an American oh, yeah. flag from, landing on the flag and right, all that. Yeah. And, you know, like right before he goes to fight Venom and Sandman, he lands in front of the flag and then yeah! keeps going. So we can all go, yay, America! And it's like, okay. <laughs> like, we get it, all right? Um, but, uh, you know, it, you know, like I was saying, the, the movie has does have a lot going for it. Uh, it, it. It's not put together very well, but, and I wish that, you know, you know, as we're talking, I was thinking about it, like, I think one of the when I was a kid, one of the shots that scared the hell out of me was, you know, at the Statue of Liberty when, you know, some, super, you know, nu Nuclear Man finally gets the one up on Superman, and you just see his cape fall to the ground. It's like that. If they had done, if they had gotten creative and done more of that, more of the less is more, I think they could have had a much more successful film. Because yeah, they could have got real artsy with that stuff, right? They had the time and the budget. Like, think about you. Know, fast forward what? What six years? Death of Superman? Five, mm -hmm. six years? The Cape in the Wind? Yeah, came from this first. They stole from Superman Four. <laughs> there it is. Yeah, <laughs> friggin' Dan Jurgens is a thief. Um, not really. He's a good writer. Uh, it's a cool guy too. I've met him at Comic Con. Um, but uh, you know, it, it's so it's interesting to have this kind of funny relationship with. Uh, some of these things that 
you know, like, uh, you know, you're talking about being the being such a big fan of, like, the, the 90s uh, Flash show uh, with John Wesley Shipp and, uh, and how even though some like some of the episodes are absolutely ridiculous there's some really how dare you sir no i agree (laughs) but there's some really great stuff in there and i I would even go so far as to say that batman the animated series does have some ridiculous stuff in it you know the whole uh you know i've got batman in my my basement that all the writers and producers are very open about saying that they had to get episodes produced, so that's why they made that <laughs> Look, one. guys, we had to come out with 80 episodes. Give us a break. <laughs> yeah, and, but that's the funny thing is that Rosenbaum also says that about Smallville. He's like, I know there were episodes that weren't great, but you know how hard it is to make 22 episodes of a show? And I was like, I was like, you know what? I got to give it to him. That's very true. And, you know, and there's some shows that, that do it really, really well, and then there's some that kind of outstay their welcome. <clears throat> Flash, excuse me, a little... Something caught my throat there. Um, but, you know, it, other times I think, you know, it, if you can do it well, they, I mean, they could have made a Superman 5 with a maybe a bigger budget or something, and it probably would have been successful because I think, for the most part, the first three were fairly successful for just, you know, kind of shit the bed because it's like, you know, back then, if the newspapers were telling you that this movie sucks, you're not going to go see it. Um, whereas, like, you know, nowadays, you know, it's a Rotten Tomato score that kind of is the end-all be-all, which I think is strange. Um, oh, I, to- I totally agree. Like, yeah. Rotten Tomatoes, I like, when it was like, well, you know, so Rotten Tomatoes get a 38%. I'm like, oh, and? Like, <laughs> it's just, when, when they started, I, I, when I turned on Rotten Tomatoes yeah. is when I started seeing it in advertisements and, like, on, like, Blu-rays and stuff, where it's like, yeah. certified fresh. I'm like, and? <laughs> Like, just... it's like, okay, but I still think the movie's garbage, so right. this doesn't mean anything well, to me. And yeah, and, and the, yeah, that, that's the thing, right? It's it's if they were more Superman movies, right? Mm. Like there's a whole lot of Star Trek movies, right? And they're all like of various levels of quality. And like, okay, well, you got some bad ones, you got some good ones. It's you know whatever. Yeah. If there were like eight Superman movies or ten, we'd be like, oh, I remember that one where he's like tried to stop the nuclear missiles, and there was that guy who looked like a bodybuilder with a perm, and he had the nails. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, it'd be like an episode of a TV show. Right, yeah. there's more, right? But since there's only four and the trajectory is just down, yeah, <laughs> there's no back and forth. That's why it's like, oh man, like it's. Ugh. But hey, you get, you get a lot of things. You know, like we said, you can see Superman chains in a phone booth, which we don't see in any of the other movies. Yeah, um, which is kind of like almost a backward step because the first one they have an in joke about like, hey, phone booths don't exist anymore. Yeah, and now he's like, oh, he's in a phone booth. <laughs> you know, well, because they they kind of did it in part three with the uh, the. The photo booth. Um, oh yeah, that's that's clever. And I always thought it was funny that he gave the kid half the, the slips because mm-hmm. obviously that kid was like Clark, 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 Clark. Oh, there we go. I can give you these two, kid. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because that kid's gonna go, "Wow, Clark Kent is Superman." I'm going right to the Daily Planet with this news. Um, but you know, but that also that opening of Superman three is it's, it's uh, something else. <laughs> it least. is. Yeah, it, it's rough. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's like, you know, Superman saves a guy from drowning in his car, and that's like the big headline that Perry White's all pissed at Jimmy for not getting, and I was just like, you know what, if I was, if I was Jimmy at that moment, I'd be like, sir, I gotta tell you, there's some fucking shit that just happened. <laughs> this exploding penguin? There's exploding penguins, there's this woman who was so beautiful that every man on the corner stopped and looked at her, much to the detriment of their jobs, and... <laughs> 
And, you know, so sorry, that was the least exciting thing of the day. <laughs> like, you know, we've been talking a lot about the Superman 3 and stuff. Do you so where do you think three is better than four? Four is better than three. Where do you where do you settle on these two? Uh, if I I would give three the leg up, uh, but only because I think the uh, the all the Smallville stuff and the evil Superman bits or the Superman going bad bits are really really good, and uh, and that and I still say one of my top you know top two, three Superman moments on screen is the Clark versus evil Superman fight in the junkyard, you know, which they were making fun of in that podcast I was talking Mm -hmm. about. But in my mind, I was just like, I don't want to hear anything about it. That's one of the greatest scenes I've ever seen in my life. I think it's Uh, so cool. It's probably the best fight in any of these movies. Yeah. Uh, It it just, it, it's so, uh, and and there's a way to do (laughs) Christopher Reeve fighting himself. Right. you You had it. You just didn't know how to do it on a, on a limited budget, I guess. Yeah. Um, but you know, whatever. I, 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 I go back and forth, but I think I, I agree. It's like, I, I wish that I wish the Superman four, had like Superman three's budget. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it, then you might've been able to, it's just so hard to look past all the, the production stuff here. It's, it's really tough. Um, it, it is. Yeah. Uh, so I, I agree with you. I think it's a, a steady, steady decline, but you know what? And maybe it's cause I grew up with these or like, Hey, when's, so when's the first time you saw Superman four? I, I mean, I remember, I, I had to have been six or seven because I think I saw all four of them within a couple weeks of each other. Like, oh wow, know, okay. Going to like you know, here it is, good. So I'm going to Blockbuster and <laughs> renting all the movies and, but I, I didn't. But then I bought like when I was a little bit older, when I was a teenager and I had like money, you know, I bought the the four pack movies and I watched them at least the first couple with my girlfriend at the time and then you know watched the other two and I was like, I was like yeah, but these aren't like. Even back then, like it's it's so easy to make those jokes, like about Batman and Robin. Oh, the nipples. Oh, the ice puns. And Superman Four. Oh, it, it looks like crap or whatever. But you know, it's like I don't know. Like there's there's a nostalgia stuff to it, and and there's some stuff that I've watched as an adult that I watched as a kid, and I'm like, oh, this is garbage. Why did I ever enjoy this? Like for example, Power Rangers. Uh, <laughs> it's <laughs> I, I look at it now and just go, oh my god. Like I can't even watch this. This is just so awful. And talking about like voice actors not sounding at all like their characters was in season two of power rangers when jason and you know trini and zach left every time they would show jason in costume it was a different guy doing his voice he sounded nothing like him. oh right right and, right and he's actually talked about that at cons that i've that i've seen him at panels uh, austin st john who apparently was also involved in some sort of uh <laughs> covid scheme the oh you know what i actually found out that 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 was all a big misunderstanding there was okay. someone else named austin st john and uh apparently his name has been cleared because lance lance laster friend of the show uh-huh. uh, <laughs> but apparently, like austin st john but apparently that was all a big misunderstanding and like the uh, people jumped on it because it was just, it's a very unique name Right, yeah, yeah. and I, and I think that's where the misunderstanding came from. Although there, there's a reputation of Red Rangers, like there was another Red Ranger who like killed his roommate with a sword. So you know, it's just <laughs> yeah, yeah. That that was one of the one of the many many offshoots. I don't remember which one. Yeah, that was like three or four series down the line. But yeah. no, I I know what you mean. So this yeah. this is almost like this almost is like a Power Rangers movie, just with how bad the special effects are. You <laughs> yeah. know, um, I mean sometimes I can watch like the fight scenes because they're kind of fun, um, and even like the the original movie. Uh, is is still kind of fun to watch um but you know i mean whatever 
but back to back to Superman, you know. Um, but yeah, you know, so it's like we're definitely biased because we grew up with this, and you know, we were little kids watching it, and it, but also at the same time, it's there. There was also a feeling back then of, uh, and it's just is so hard to describe now. It's like we just didn't know if there was ever going to be another Superman movie. You know, I mean, there was the lowest. Yeah, Clark, this is all we had. You know, there was the Lois and Clark TV show, which was okay, and um, and then when we finally got Superman Returns, I think we were all like, "Oh, Superman's back!" And then that kind of floundered. And <laughs> but even when they announced like Man of Steel, and they were like, "Oh, we're making a Man of Steel too. When they talked about how much money the movie made, I'm like, "I don't think they're gonna make another one, man. Like this movie didn't make any money." And then when they said, oh, it's Batman v Superman, I'm like, oh, that's how you get around it. So people will come to the Superman movie. I think both of those, I mean, yeah, well, first of all, like 1987, 2006, right? Yeah. Almost a 20-year gap at the end of this movie. Superman tells Luther, see you in 20, 20 years. So interesting (laughs) synchronicity there. But like Superman turns, it made some money, but they they put all the money and all the pre-production of all these other Superman movies on it. And that was kind of to its detriment. But it made about the same as like Batman Begins, but they were just like, yeah, and then you know the whole Brian Singer factor, and he was doing other stuff, and uh, you know I think it all worked out. Uh, I, I really <laughs> I go back and forth with Superman Returns a lot, but uh, I uh, ultimately I, I would pick Superman Returns over Man of Steel. Hot take today. Uh, I I would not because when I watched I watched Superman Returns after I saw Man of Steel, and the movie just it felt like it was made in the eighties to me. It just felt well. Then it did its job because it's a direct sequel of the first Superman. <laughs> well, yeah, but, but but you know what I mean. It just it, there was a dated yeah. quality to it that it, it didn't earn. But it makes me feel comfortable because I know that <laughs> Superman. It's the music, yeah. JJ. I think the, the music is what well, does it for me. Well, the the music for sure because I, yeah. you know, hot take from on my part. I sometimes I prefer the John Ottman score because I feel like with John Williams score, there's a lot of build up, a lot of build up here's the music here's the score and then with you know john ottman he just gets right into it <laughs> oh, I, I gotta have to bring back superman 4 i got a hot take for you i i think possibly superman 4 might have the best soundtrack of all four christopher reeve movies really uh alexander courage adapted some john williams themes john williams wrote some themes were like the nuclear man theme and the lacy theme and the jeremy theme and all these themes okay. and then alexander courage who did the theme for star trek by the way so hashtag it's all connected but <laughs> he did the score here and like if i when i when i read the uh, superman 78 comics like i would buy them and come home and read them i would listen to the superman 4 soundtrack because it's like the longest and has the most variety like the nuclear man theme is great like da, 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 da. like that's yeah. good stuff and we came superman 2 and 3 ken thorne did the music and he was just basically doing exactly what john williams did he added almost nothing <laughs> and like for this to be like this is like a, a shot in the arm or some fresh music in here so that, that was that was great and uh yeah yeah you know modern supermans are what they are and um I, I, yeah, I guess you know it's funny. I didn't see Superman for. I, I remember we rented a blockbuster. Uh, yeah, yeah. Me, and my mom did. I think I was probably like nine or ten for whatever reason. I hadn't seen this one for a long time because my parents had one and two on tape, so I watched yeah. those over and over and over and over. I would I would see three on TV sometimes. We get scared with the cyborg. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> like, yep. and then we're just like, then just didn't get around to four. And then I, I I still I can see the box the blockbuster box in my head from when we rented this movie right. So yep. this is dating the weird thirty five. That's right. <laughs> and so was this right. So, um. But yeah, and I just watched it and I was like, okay, that was cool. It was another Christopher Superman movie. I didn't give it much thought. And much like you, when when uh, I got an Amazon account, I first thing I did was buy about Indiana Jones trilogy mm-hmm. on DVD, and I bought the Superman trilogy, and I watched those. <laughs> and, um. Yeah, it's. 
it's a, it, ex it is a film that exists with Christopher Reeve playing Superman in it, and I'm happy for it. And it's got some great stuff in there. I think people people who just write it off like it's you know meaningless should should give it another look. It's not going to change your life. It's not going to be on anybody's top ten list. But it had heart, you know. And I think that's something that a lot of movies these days, not just super movies, movies in general, like like I I I, I respect the heart put into this movie. And I know that we're trying for something, and um. It's, it's just, I guess, bittersweet is the best way to describe it, so. Well, yeah, no, I, I totally agree with that, but I also think, um, you know, I, you know like, like, we're, like we've said, you know, over and over, is that Christopher Reeve, like, really does help sell it, because, uh, granted, I was much older when I saw Supergirl for the first time, you know, I was already, like, 30, almost 30 by that time, but I did not, I, I was like, I can't get into this. Even Helen Slater, who I think is, is a good actress, I just don't feel like, she like she's invested and i so i don't feel invested and the, that that's a whole other experience whereas i can watch a movie i can watch any ryan reynolds movie including green lantern and and kind of enjoy it because even if the movie is not great at least ryan reynolds is charismatic and he's doing his best to you know entertain the audience um so you know sometimes you know that that's all you need for a movie because I would argue that if it wasn't Robert Downey Jr. and Iron Man was exactly the same, that movie would have tanked. Um, oh, I don't think it would have tanked, but it wouldn't have been the runaway success that it right. was. It, well, it, yeah, it would have okay. been it would have been mid, as the kids say. JJ, you oh. say mid. This is a new thing. I've, I've realized a bunch of people saying mids. I'm trying to incorporate it into my vocabulary. I, so I don't know. I don't know what anybody's saying these days. <laughs> like, I, I I said like, I don't know. My friend Nico said that slaps a bunch of times. And now my best friend Jesse says it. I'm just like, yeah. he said, oh, that's that song slaps. I'm just like, no, I can't do it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm too old now. Yeah, those, those kids <laughs> on the Instagram.com are talking about it a lot, so I need to check it out. But uh, yeah, oh that, man, all those kids on the YouTubes, they're uh, on the YouTubes. They're they're funny. You know, you know speak, speaking of kids and like, I uh, you went to that Motor City Comic Con, yeah. right? And so the kid who played Jeremy was in that, right? Yeah. And I listened to that episode of like Kate Winter podcast, but I will listen to that occasionally. Yeah. Uh, Jim Bowers and those guys, and, and uh, Jay Jim Jay Towers and Jim Bowers, right? I think so. Yeah, because they were yeah. there. Uh, yeah. Like you, you think like somebody made up those two names to put these guys together, but no, they're <laughs> this that's, is their real their names. names. <laughs> Jay Towers and Jim Bowers, right? Good. The, the deep dive in all the scripts and research and stuff, fantastic stuff. But they interviewed the kid who played Jeremy in this movie. Yeah. Uh -huh. I'm like, oh my god, that's that was his voice i thought i always assumed it was like an adult dubbing it over like i'll tell you who could do some good superman i'm like who? <laughs> what a scene <laughs> it's like it feels like some you know a lot of older movies like they get adults to dub over kids for whatever reason right yeah but like oh no and then i heard the guy old i'm like no that was his voice he just he just sounded like a surfer dude when he was like eight years old so, you know i that's like the opposite of other child actor problems where i hear that like uh, what was his name? The Edmund in um, yeah, the first Chronicles of Narnia, the Lion, Witch, mm -hmm. and the Wardrobe. That they had because as he was getting older, he couldn't ADR himself, so his sister had to go in and ADR oh, for no. him. <laughs> like, oh no, that's, that's rough, buddy. Yeah, <laughs> and same with like not quite the same with John Connor, but they had to keep. Oh, because yeah, because Edward Furlong was aging like yeah. throughout the movie. Yeah, because James Cameron can't just make a movie in like three months. It takes like. <laughs> 
you know eight months <laughs> yeah and which is ridiculous and that and the fact that, that movie still has continuity errors just pisses me off i'm like what the hell were you doing cameron <laughs> you know i think he's he's finally fixing some of them like when like i they, he, he george lucas the the scene where uh, arnold the some double of arnold like picks up yep. john connor off the and, bike he put arnold's face on there and stuff so he's slowly people give lucas a lot of crap james cameron is the same guy yeah <laughs> they're the no, same I, guy They've made about the same amount of movies, I think, too. I think they both made about six movies in their yeah. entire career. But uh, I would love to see a James Cameron or George Lucas Superman movie, though. I'll tell you that. They're better than Sidney J. Fury. I'm sure he did the best he could, but I'm just saying. Yeah. So. Well, you know, I had read that the Salkines were looking at all kinds of directors for the first movie, and they talked to Steven Spielberg, who, was, who really wanted to do it, but I guess asked for too much money, which in those times was probably – Two million dollars versus the million they paid uh, uh, Dick Donner right. at the end of the day. Well, I mean, coming off Jaws, I ask what you want, man. That's one of the greatest movies of all time. So I don't. Yep. And then what he would, well, I guess, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. I guess he made instead. So all worked out. Yeah. But and, you know, um, and that's a, that's a, you know, that's another one I saw when I was like, uh, I must have been seventeen, first time I saw it, and I really, and I did really enjoy it, but I also enjoyed it. You know, kind of like how Spielberg talked about it, where he was like, if, you know, spoilers for you know, another like 45-year-old movie. But uh, he's like, you know, I, I wouldn't have him go with them at the end because he left his family. Because that was my only gripe with the movie. I was like, he left his family behind. That's kind of lame. And then, you know, he... <laughs> and, but I felt okay knowing that Steven Spielberg said, that's how I felt back then. This is how I feel now. I'm like, oh, okay. Then I yeah. can live with it. Yeah, and that is interesting because, like, Spielberg's whole thing is about, like, usually like father figures who were gone or something i'm like did you not realize this he, yeah clearly he was working through some stuff right yeah. so anyway but yeah man i mean yeah it's just the, the, you look now you look back now like the endless potential of like what we could have had with all these christopher superman movies and we just they just didn't know they were they were they're trailblazing right forge a new ground back then right they didn't they didn't know you know i mean you look at today and like you were saying earlier like we didn't know if we were gonna get another one this is all we had hmm. like when we were kids it's like you got your superman movies on tape and you get a Batman movie every couple of years, and that was our superhero life, right? I, I, I don't know if you'll uh, feel the same way as I do, but you know, so this might be a hot take for people where, you know, when you talk about like, oh, you know, I wish we could get another Superman movie. It, it honestly, it, it isn't enough for me to have the comic books or to have the animated series, which I love all that stuff, of course. But there's just something different about it being a live person, you know? It just. So when there is another Superman movie, it, I get excited, probably more excited than I get about the comics or the animation, um, because it's just, you know, it, it's not like, well, at least I have this. I, I don't even feel that way. I'm like, well, we have, we would have this either way. The comics are, you know, they're not going to stop making the comics. They're going to keep making Superman cartoons, you know, even if it's just like Justice League or, or whatever. Um, so when it's a movie, it feels special, you know, if that makes any sort of nonsense. <laughs> No, I gotcha. And I mean, I came into Superman through watching the, these movies, right? The, the George Reeves TV show on Nick at Night, you know? Obviously, the animated shows, and obviously, Smallville was a huge part of my life. So, like, my fandom of this character is predominantly multimedia, you know? Yeah. So, I was like, even if it's not movies, something, something just continuously. And we've been, as Superman fans, we've been very fortunate. Like, I, I think there's always, for the most part, you know, maybe a, a gap here or there in the years, but there's always been some kind of movie or, or cartoon or, or TV show. And, uh, and we got Superman and Lois now, which I really do enjoy. Yep. Uh, and I'm glad that because if we had – see, that's the thing, right? If we had a successful Superman movie franchise, 
I don't think we have Superman and Lois. No. Uh, And I think that's why DC and Warner Brothers let Superman guest star on Supergirl, because at some point they were just like, look, I don't think this this movie's going to happen anytime (laughs) soon, so if you want to put him in a few episodes, go ahead. Right. And and, and I think, yeah, I I liked Tyler Hecklin right from the beginning, because I I felt like he was he was doing what Christopher Reeve was doing, but he's just doing it in a 2015 lens or 16, whenever he was cast, um, versus doing it as, you know, just like, you know, in, in the 1978 lens. You know what I mean? Oh, and I, I liked him a lot too. When when and his first episode of Supergirl, when those came out, I was like, this is the best Superman movie since the 80s, right? <laughs> I mean, when <laughs> yep, yep. That two-parter. And then kind of like as they didn't know how to use him, and they would always be like. Supergirl's so much better than you. I'll be like, ah, are we using Superman right? I'm not sure, right? But then yeah. eventually, like, they kind of found their center. They had the crisis, and then he has got his own show. So it, it all worked out. And, and, uh, and yeah, no, I, I feel the. And hey, if, if if they had made, you know, Superman lives or whatever, there would be no Smallville. Yeah. Right? I mean, it's, like. It's interesting we, to think about. Yeah. We never have known each other. So. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, You'd be you'd be making always hold on to Superman lives. Uh. Yeah, that would be a short podcast. <laughs> Superman yeah. lives minute by minute. I know oh, a lot of podcasts do that. I've never listened to any podcasts that do that. I just I can't. I, I can't. I can't do that. No. It's what do just... they? What do they do? Like what are they like? And and then if you look over here in this right the minute by minute podcast, I don't understand them. Before I became friends with them, at least there was an hour long podcast with Batman on some of the Batman on film guys where they did an episode that was strictly devoted to the first camera test that Matt Reeves and Robert Pattinson did. And so they were dissecting the costume and you know, what, what does the, what does the symbol mean and this and that, and they got like a full hour out of it. And that's like a one minute thing. And I was like, okay, like I kind of get that, but I also don't think I could talk for that long about that short of well, if you look at the stitching under his left ear it's like yeah. okay you know, but hey so, but, yeah. but hey we know all about stretching out conversations <laughs> minutiae so I, I get it i mean all my smallville episodes are two to three times as long as the episodes themselves you so know, I, I i thought about that which which made me laugh and it was <laughs> i thought about it after the fact i didn't really realize at the time but when we did our episode with lance on mask of the phantasm i had the movie going in the background and we talked i could have watched it a second time and <laughs> it would have been you know the same amount of time right. um but uh, speaking of all that, uh, this has been a total blast, Zach. Uh, I'm so glad we got to talk about your all-time favorite movie uh, that you know you've spent clearly lots of money on. I'm just staring at your thing behind you. There. I don't look. I think $130 to get this home across the country is a fair price. I would pay it again. <laughs> uh, you know, I've I've heard of people paying a lot more for a lot less. So. Uh, no, but I, I I think that's awesome, and and it's one of those things that it's just it's it's a cool detail in your house there that you know I and I don't even think this is the first time I've pointed it out to you that I noticed that and <laughs> um, talked to you about it, but it's a statement. It's yeah. like oh, <laughs> I there see, and I, and I see you have a Smallville poster on the other wall. There. I do, I do. So that's cool, um, and I have a Superman Returns poster as well. That's a great poster. Yeah, that Superman Returns poster is the one with uh, with Brandon Routh where he's floating over the earth. Oh, yeah. I love that one. You yeah. know why it's so great? I've, I've figured it out. I know why it's so great is that you can't see how high his neckline is on a stupid costume. <laughs> and 
and also the cape is red as the yeah. costume is but like anyway yeah it doesn't, it doesn't quite represent the way it looks in the movie and that's why it looks so great so well anyway. yeah because in the movie he just looks like he's wearing a, a fruit roll-up uh a fruit, fruit roll-up cape yeah, yeah i think you got that from me i think i coined that sir so. you probably did yeah um, but it's it's not just that it's the it's the it's the high collar too yeah. it's like a t-shirt like yeah. no 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 it looks different and that's, and that's why i say chris reeves costume unmatched that Brandon Rouse Kingdom Coon costume is number two. Yeah. Um, and then I'd say Tyler Hecklin's uh, Fleischer era flashback costume, number three. Those are my three favorite Superman costumes. So. I was so excited to see that in, in the first season, and I still got to catch up with season two. But I was, because it was such a surprise, because we expected him to wear the, uh, the Arrowverse costume. So for him to wear that was like yeah, thank God they changed that. No, that was not a fan of that. Costume. Those the 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 clasps yeah. of those capes, like what are you what are you thinking? Like it, it it did look better when they repainted it and gave it to Mon Elbow. I think it looked okay for him. It just looked weird. Oh yeah, Superman. well it's a totally different costume. Like everybody, his his cape should be tucked under his his collar. Like I mean, unless you're injustice or something. I have very strong opinions about Superman costumes, which <laughs> I'm one to talk. Small world, you never even have one. So what do, what do I know about? Well, I costumes? mean, you know, they they had the they had the Brandon Ralph costume. It was the Superman <laughs> Red turns one in clearly, a box. Clearly, not only that, but clearly on a mannequin when it was in the Fortress of Atlas. Yeah, it's like what was this the Arrow Cave now? Like is this <laughs> like that i i noticed that immediately and it bugged the crap out of me i was like okay like you're stretching your mythology just a little bit and yeah. i can see that I, I, don't... I, I we throw a lot of shade to the dceu and we have a lot of fun doing it it's all good fun right but it's like yeah. hey when superman's walking through like the hallway of costumes they're all like floating right yeah. it's like that's that's how it should be like on display by alien technology not like you're at jc penny or something <laughs> exactly um yeah, so if you want to hear more thoughts on Zach talking about Superman costumes, uh, Zach, where can they find you? Well, you can find me at AlwaysMallLittle1S on Twitter. We do Always on a Smallville, uh, which is where we're going through each and every episode of that Young Superman show. So we're currently, I don't know when this episode's going to come out, but we're currently wrapping up season seven. Uh, we all have all kinds of fun spinoffs. We're, you know, we've been following Always on Superman. Lois has been doing the Superman Lois show, and mm -hmm. they got guys talking about Arrow over there too, and Always on the Arrow. So we just, you know, have a good always along to community over there and, and the flagship is always on the smallville so yeah find us on twitter or facebook or anywhere you get your podcasts uh i highly recommend looking for those always hold on to guys because they're 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 a good bunch of guys and uh and i you know i've become friends with a, a bunch of you through that you know with lance and kev and um and darren who does the uh uh round two podcast which is a lot of fun um yeah so uh yeah yeah look those guys up I, I recommend, even if you're not a Smallville fan, they, they're they still pretty funny, I think. You guys have some funny bits in, <laughs> throughout your commentaries. Thank you. Um, and uh, as for me, you can find me at 4ComicJunkies, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, mostly Twitter. Um, and uh, you can also catch my other podcast, uh, The Spider-Man Book Club. Uh, that is available wherever you get your podcasts. And, uh, you know, we're just going to, you know, we're going to mark this uh podcast is a historical building so you can't buy it from me and uh it's it's safe now so it's protected from predators <laughs> exactly yes 